2: Each week we focus on a person, historical event or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Jess, and between us we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Welcome to the HIV Podcast with Headphones.
0: Oh, hello, you're right.
1: Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Back with Better Sound? Yes, and a very warm ears. These really do like earmuffs, like literal earmuffs. Just that you <laughs> I was have just sound thinking, in. <laughs> They're like they're like something. What is it? It's earmuffs. <laughs> Jesus, and it is earmuff season. So you know, perfect. Right, I have news. Right, hold on. I'm just going to get my pen. Okay, I'm just going to keep telling you news. I'm going to keep that in. So I like to have a pen in my hand. It makes me feel like I'm authoritative. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, Stephen Hart, friend of the podcast. So obviously we've done a whole episode on Stephen Hart, haven't we, before? And his fantastic show, Shadow Dreamer. Well, Shadow Dreamer is coming back in 2024. How exciting.
2: When is yes. this happening? Do we know? Um,
1: so he's hoping for June or July in 2024. It's just a plan at the moment. But I mean, as in, it's definitely going ahead. But he's planning for June or July, looking at some different dates. Um, but he's also sort of looking for any organisations that might want to sponsor things. Have a look on his um, social media. I'll put the links all below. You'll be able to find him. Send him a message if you need any more information. But I'm literally just wanted to I'm so pleased. And I'm so pleased he let us know because obviously I asked him permission. And said, do you mind if I, you know, obviously announce this on the podcast? Because that's really amazing news. I mean, this show's been to Broadway, hasn't it? Oh, my gosh. And we're going to get to see it. Yeah. So <sighs> very excited. 2024 is looking like a good year already, Sarah. I know. Amazing. Our social calendar is already filling up. That's it for me. That's it for the year. I'm booked now. One oh, thing. Just that one event. Yeah. 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 I'm taking it easy. So, you know, not overbooking, not overstretching myself. So I'm just like, that's it now. You've got me, Stephen. Just my one event of the year anyway so today we are doing episode two of 2030 HIV in 2030 aren't we yes yes we are and I wanted to let you know Sarah that we had some really nice feedback from people about our first episode on 2030 Ooh, yes I know Skill the means so obviously as we all know I'm con- forever terrified of- that I'm going to be trolled online <laughs> um, but you know often I'm not Um, So Andrew Keats commented, I am so impressed and pleased to see this conversation happening here. And that was the part where actually you and I were having a bit of a discussion. That was a little video clip I put out about in our sector. Do we just smile and nod a bit? Do we feel that we're not able to have honest conversations Mm -hmm. about whether or not, you know, reading, reading, it's readers in my brain now, reaching um, 2030 targets? Will that actually happen? So I was really pleased to get that feedback so I'm glad I'm glad we're starting conversations that are obviously we aren't alone
2: no I agree oh no I think it is good I think we've always said that we wanted to keep it real we're very mindful that that won't be everyone's cup of tea I get that but you know opinions never are are they you are going to please everybody
1: yeah, I think that's the thing that I struggle with in that way, where I'm like, oh, like you're you're completely right. I I want to us to be open and honest, and we have to be. But yeah, there's always that part of me going, oh, wait for the trolling, wait for the trolling. Who
0: <laughs> who do
2: you think is going to troll you about this? You know what? I don't know. I feel the like government. Yeah, yeah, Matt Hancock's coming for me because of my comments <laughs> last week. <laughs> I would love to have a conversation with him—an honest conversation. I don't think you. I genuinely cannot believe anyone could be that monumentally stupid. But I, honestly, I genuinely cannot believe someone had that much power and was that thick.
1: But honestly, I—I th- I actually think you'd come out of that way more frustrated because he just has this level where he doesn't seem to care. There is mm. no responsibility that's taken. You know, you almost want to be able to almost have it out with someone. But for him, it's just like there's almost no emotion. He's like you know, Mister Robotic. There's no emotion and there's no accountability. So you're just sort of left even more frustrated. I imagine if you were to have a conversation with him.
2: Yeah. Oh, I don't think I'd come away from it going, He is absolutely spiffing. Yeah. There's well, well, an old word. Well, great chat. Yeah. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. He's he's got some good
1: ideas. No. Yeah. No, thank you. would be raging. God. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Are we talking? Yeah, you're right. It would be like water off a duck's back to him. He's, you know, a millionaire, isn't he? Probably.
1: He's just, oh, yeah. God, people like that really wind me up. Yeah. He's just not bothered. I can't bear it if people can't take accountability. That's what really grinds my gears. And like I said to you on that Essayers um, Who Dares Wins program that he was on, they were quizzing him, like I was saying about breaking the rules at having the affair. He was just, he just wouldn't have it. He was just like, unapologetic just saying it was just guidance it's only guidance and i tell you what i've literally just been watching party gate my goodness if i mean if that doesn't make you mad nothing will i've
2: not watched it no
1: and don't don't because i honestly i feel like i had to keep closing my own mouth that i was just like sat there gawping at the screen like because part of you is like we knew these things happened but to see it played out in that way. You're like, oh my God, I, ca- I cannot believe this. Like mm. the fear that we all felt and staying in and keeping away from our loved ones and they've kind of intertwined it. I'm really late to the party, to be honest, with watching Partygate, but um, everyone else is like, yeah, we watched it like two months ago, ever just, but they've interspersed it with true stories of like a couple where they made hazmat suits to meet their granddaughter and yet it cuts to, you know, they're all having a massive party and no one cares and they're all around each other and you're like, the sacrifices people made. Anyway, I'm taking us off on a different tangent. This is not the COVID podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise. Let's move on to what we're up to today.
2: Oh, okay. Part two of uh, ending the transmission of HIV by 2030. It's what the government wants us to do. So that's what we'll try and do, Jess. Now it's all coming back to me from last week and I'm instantly like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we looked at the core... The core aims, the ambition, there were a lot of buzzwords in there, weren't there?
1: Do you remember prevent, test, treat, and retain? This is what I'm saying. We're in the part of and beyond, aren't we? Whether we're talking about so the objectives,
2: yes. So the objectives are for 2025. Those are the key things we've got to prevent HIV, test for HIV, treat for HIV, and retain people in care. Uh, And yes, they refer to the health system and beyond. And we are in the beyond bit. So this week we're going to look more at these objectives around the prevent, test, treat, and retain. Okay.
1: Well, that's
0: good
2: because uh, that's
1: our remit. That's literally what we do. We test people, don't we?
2: Yeah, I don't think we can say we
1: treat them. I treat them nicely. Does no, that work? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's probably not what i mean, is it? Why well, you're not an HIV consultant, <laughs> a sexual health <laughs> clinic? I'll never know. Anyway, right. Four key objectives. So objective one, ensure equitable access and uptake of HIV prevention programmes. That's what we should be doing. And in actual fact, we are contributing to that because uh, the government said we'll invest over £3.5 million to deliver a national HIV prevention programme between 2021 and 2024. We're part of that programme, aren't we? It's led by THT. We will deliver, this is the government talking, An annual national HIV testing week to get 20,000 higher risk people to test for HIV. They do do a testing week. I can confirm. Yes. And we do promote that across our own patch. Yeah. And we do receive some money from THT to do that. So this is all looking good, right? You're like, oh, finally, it's making
1: sense. We are involved. Yeah. 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 There we are and beyond.
2: Yes. Uh, so with that money, we asked you to deliver a wide range of prevention campaigns, which we do innovative promotion activity. We're very innovative. Well, we are. Look at our podcast.
1: Yes, you're you're uh, part of innovation right now, Sarah. You're in it. You're living I don't it.
2: I Feel like I'm part of innovation, if I'm honest. I don't, I don't feel very innovative. It's such an overused
1: word these days. You look like it in those headphones. You look <laughs> like you're off <up> into space. <laughs> I do. <laughs>
2: I don't know who I remind myself of. I need to Google it, but there's a character. There's somebody who's got this, and it's, en- I don't know who Enormous headphones, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> gaming headphones. I've never felt so cool, to be honest. After this, I'm off to play Minecraft. Very down with the kids. Now, we said, how much did we say? 3.5 million pounds. So that sounds like a, a lot. Just over a million pounds a year. Again, with the
1: maths.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: spot on. But if you look at it and kind of, realistically and even if you assumed i've not worked out how many hiv charities there are across the country but even if you said there were just 20 it's only 50k each and finding the highest risk people to test is really intensive work and if you have
1: to narrow that down into a week i I was gonna say i was just like i mean in a week no well i mean we could try but but there's a lot of kind of that would take a lot of resource, wouldn't it? And and you have to build trust with the
2: communities that you're trying to target. There's a lot of legwork involved. So you like, well, fifty k is not a lot. And I can assure everyone, we get nowhere near that.
1: Yes, I was going to say make that clear because they'd probably be going, guys, what are you doing with fifty k? No, and there are other costs as well involved. You know,
2: all that money doesn't just go straight to the charities around the country. You know, they've got promotional costs, THT. They've got their own core costs. costs custs what's a cust have got their own kind of core cust that they need to cover out of that so it's i mean it's good but the government need to contribute more i think it's a big ask and i think tht do it well i think we do it well but there are limits to how much we can achieve
1: well i think what you're saying within a week and i think again this is sort of my sticking point it's all very well setting out this whole plan from the government and saying right so we're going to achieve this by right. Everyone, if there's everyone on board, we're going to have this one week and we're going to achieve loads. And it's not that we don't achieve a lot, but it just doesn't mean because you lay out all these things that you're actually going to achieve all the aims. Like, who, who, where's the, where's their theory? Where's the, you know, the research behind that saying, yes, uh, this awareness week will, you know, enable you to reach this many people? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. where's the evidence based sort of approach?
2: Yeah. And I think, actually, I think they're clever, aren't they? Because they don't limit it to one week. They have a summer campaign. They've had other campaigns throughout the year. Um, so I think they do what they can with the funding, but and maybe they're happy to
1: have that amount of money, but I don't think it's enough. Oh, I absolutely don't think it's enough. And like you're saying, they do a great job with what they do. But I just, can I just say, this is a personal opinion. For me, I wish we would stick with one strap line. I know we've chatted briefly about this before, but when we have these testing weeks and things and it's like, oh, are you, is this give HIV the finger or is this it starts with me or is this I'm testing or is this it's a hot summer? It's like if we picked one, I feel like people yeah. would start to recognise that campaign year after year. I'm not saying you can't rebrand and jazz it up and make it look brilliant, but if we stuck to it, You know, say if we just went with give HIV the finger, because obviously that's quite funny, as in swearing at it, but also giving it your finger for a finger prick test. If we stuck with something like that Mm. and just consistently, then people would be like, Oh, yes, it's that time of year when that campaign rolls around. You know, I feel like they'd already be engaged. Whereas we're educating people, telling them what the campaign is every single year. I don't know if that's part of their. A part of the contract, maybe.
2: Maybe that's what the government said. You have to refresh your campaign every year. I don't know. But I do I, agree with you. I think, yeah. you know, one consistent message is far more powerful than a different message every year
1: and different promotional stuff every year. So yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Absolutely. But I think the thing is, I think you might be right, to be honest, that that is probably part of the contract that they have with the government, that there needs to be, you know, you need to show innovation. Like we've said, we hate the word, but you know, you need to be showing that. You need to be showing progress. You need to be showing change. But I just wish, we're we're called a local activation partner, and LAP. I would just love it if even in like a one-to-one, face-to-face meeting, they could communicate that with us. Yeah. Because you know, then I'd be a bit like, Ah, got ya, right. I see. So, you know, I'm not gonna sit here on a podcast saying that if I knew that, you know? (laughs) Okay, they've
2: also said that we well not us, this isn't us, innovate prep delivery. That word again. 23 million pound grant to fund appointments and testing in sexual health service, testing in sexual health services, and additional funding for the drugs themselves. Again, I mean it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Well, there's about 152 local authorities in the UK, give or take. Even if you assume that only half of them had a sexual health clinic, it's only three hundred thousand pounds per clinic. But am um, I maths right? That doesn't sound right. I don't. I don't know. My maths is terrible, Sarah.
1: Wait, bear with. And I think again, I'm going to say it again. That's a really brilliant goal to have. How, how are we doing that? Because we've we've already talked in. Depth about the issues with prep and accessing prep, and that there are different criteria. You know, you've got the main overarching criteria, then you've got each different clinic is then secondarily allowed to have another criteria. So, especially as someone with a vagina, let's say, I have to really fight my corner, and and then I might not get it. They might not deem me to be at risk. It's it's a difficult one. That's the thing, isn't
2: it? You're you're being asked to prove that you're high risk, which is so demeaning. Exactly. It's right. By the way, go me. Well done with the maths. Well
1: done, Sarah. That
2: took a while. But but it's right. So three hundred thousand pounds for a clinic is not very much at all. And oh. I think if you think about the funding cuts that have happened over the last ten years and the pressure that sexual health clinics are under, asking them to deliver prep innovatively—it's too big an ask. I think. So the public health grant to councils that is used to fund sexual health services, the public health commission, these services, was reduced by over a billion pounds between 2015-16 and 2020-21. Are you joking? No. So over five years, they lost a quarter, 24% of their funding.
1: I'm I'm shooketh. Oh. That's in that is an insane amount. And then, like you're saying, I'm actually getting quite angry. To be asking them to do more for such a meager amount of money in, in relation to what they had before for general services is awful. These clinics, uh, you know, we work with the sexual health clinics. They are fantastic and they are working so hard. Mm-hmm. And yet it's just, we just want more, more, more. You know, that's what the government are saying. <gasps> it's awful. So spending on,
2: um, sexual health testing, contrac- contraception and treatment decreased during that time period by almost 17 percent one seven before anyone goes 70 17 (laughs) percent that's horrendous yeah on one hand you're asking them to promote prep and protect people against HIV and on the other hand you're taking the money away they cannot do both you can't say right you need to promote this and protect everyone's sexual health across the board and then but there's a billion pounds less in the pot. No, no, it's just wrong. But
1: this is it. This is why this this um, the the outlines in this report feels like lip service. Yeah, we're just going to say we're going to try and achieve all this stuff, but actually, what we've done is just take away from them massively.
2: Yeah, this is why I'm frustrated with this report. Yeah, because it's like you're not telling us the full story. It's oh, anyone can sit there and write a report. So you know, I can write a report tomorrow that I'll present to the trustees. I'd like to go to the moon. And I'd like to use TVPS's funding to go there. I think it will really benefit the overall scope of our service. But who, who in their right mind can say we will offer a better service, a more innovative service to a wider group of people to bring transmission rates down by twenty thirty? Oh, but we've lost twenty five percent of our funding.
1: I'm going to put only, that only a out. madman would say that they could achieve that. I mean, that's true. I'm going to put that out as like a it called? I'm going to make one that images and pin pin it on Instagram because everyone needs to hear how do I work in sexual health? You know, the HIV sector, but I didn't know that is how much funding had been lost.
2: I know. Anyway, let's plough on. What else are we supposed to be doing? The government would like us to scale up HIV testing in line with national guidelines. So they said to To ensure early identification of HIV, we're going to scale up testing, focusing on those populations and settings where testing rates must increase. And we're going to draw on the experience of areas who have successfully scaled opt-out testing in key settings. What they're talking about here is um, opt-out testing, the really successful trial that happened in Croydon.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, And opt-out testing, amazing, but a ton of work.
2: What they don't. Ever mention is that it wasn't su- successful in every area where it was trialed. We skate over that, really. Yes. So it does say ninety-seven percent of local authorities are already offering innovative online postal or self-sampling services. Yes, this yes, they do. I mean, to be fair, they are—they all do, varying degrees of success. But we'll gloss over that. They want that to increase to a hundred percent, and I think that's a good thing. That's a—that's an achievable aim, isn't it?
1: What? That every local authority will be offering at least postal testing. Yeah. That is, but again, I just think I love postal testing, but a lot of people struggle with it. Oh, so I, I'm thinking offering that alongside sexual health services oh, and community I'm with you. services. I'm with you. I'm with you. You may proceed. I was getting a bit angry then. I was about to <laughs> go off on a rant. You saw it coming. You were like, shut it down. Shut it down and move on. No. no so I think every area
2: should offer the full complement of hiv testing opportunities yes so i'm on i'm on board with that one right let's have a look at objective three optimize rapid access to treatment and retention in care doesn't quite fit does it because they've put these two together so where we've said prevent test treat and retain they've lumped those two together haven't they but that's fine so it says we will reduce the number of people newly diagnosed with hiv who are not properly referred to care monitoring and driving performance improvements across the system we will boost support to people living with hiv to increase the number of people retained in care i like the sound of this and receiving effective treatment very important so we'll get on board with u equals u through galvanizing innovations in care models and additional support for those with multiple or complex needs
1: no, I, I'm with you, but like, what, what, where's the extra support for people living with HIV? We, we're a charity. Where where is that support? Because I, I would think we would know about where that support would be. Design both people do it.
2: Well, I think. I mean, I mean, I have a suggestion for the government on this. Fund HIV charities properly to do this because it's what we do best, right? And then you won't need innovations in care models. I mean, if you, I, I can only comment on Berkshire. So what in Berkshire and Hampshire, but. Across both counties, we've got the best HIV nurses you could ever wish for, and they really are truly amazing. We've got an HIV specialist nurse at our local hospital. You've got us. You've got our service users. We've got amazing HIV consultants. We're offering peer support, welcoming safe premises. You know, the sector's full of caring, hardworking people. We don't need to innovate that. It works. What stops it from working are funding cuts.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, that's precisely it. So there's no, when,
2: I feel it's all smoke and mirrors, isn't it? We're going to innovate this and innovate that. I mean, we've worked in the sector a long time, both of us. We both remember times where you used to have HIV specialist social workers, you know, where we didn't have homeless people with HIV, where we didn't have huge numbers of people taking drugs. It was just a better time. The quality of care was better because we were funded properly to provide it and to really work with
1: people to give them the best health and social outcomes. I don't know why. I'm not surprised. I was about to say I'm really surprised, but I'm not surprised. But it's just, I mean, have they expanded on this any further? They've just used a lot of jargon. Do you know what my dad used to call it, and I love this. He used to call it, I'm going to swear. So, you know, kids in the room, ear my, f- ear my fears. Uh, He used to call it bullshit bingo. You know, if you're in a meeting and it was like, how many people can say ridiculous words like that? Bullshit bingo. That's what that is.
2: Well, it is really, because there's not much detail as to, you know, how we move forward with this. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, it did used to work better when we had an aid support grant. So we, you know, we had far fewer service users with mental health issues. We had far fewer crises, didn't we? Uh, because we had proper support network in place and professionals who were able to preempt crisis situations. We don't have any of that anymore. And some of our service users literally go from crisis to crisis to crisis. Absolutely. And we can firefight that and try and manage it as best we can. But the funding cuts have affected other services that we would have brought in to help us manage those crisis points. They're not there anymore. So we, we're
1: kind of doing it on our own. Well, we I mean, it, it's just like in Slough, we don't have a CAB there anymore, do we? Yeah, no. And then so if you try to send somebody to the nearest town CAB, the next one along, they won't be seen because that CAB don't get funding to see people out of area. How are people supposed to get support? It's mad. It ends up falling to us, so we
2: do all of the firefighting, whereas what we used to do was support with the firefighting and offer some of the softer services that are just as important for people living with HIV that now they just don't have access to. You know, we used to be able to organise respite breaks, yeah. complementary therapies. There's none of that now, for not just for people with HIV, for people with long-term conditions in general, and I just think it's a travesty.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's the bare minimum now, is it? Like you're saying, it is. we are doing the firefighting.
2: We are. Maybe we should get like a fireman's uniform. That's innovative, isn't it? And galvanising, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, they say objective four, um, improving quality of life for people living with HIV and addressing stigma. Uh, Now, I do agree with what they're saying. We work across the system and beyond. To optimise the quality of life of those living with HIV. Yes, they should do that. Absolutely. Want to support their health outcomes and reduce the chances of onward transmission. Very good. The speaking good words. Love all of that. Want to tackle tackle stigma and improve knowledge and understanding across the health and care system about transmission of HIV. Surely not just the health and care system. Surely Mm. like everybody. Yeah, just all. And the role of treatment as prevention by enhancing the training of the health and care workforce and drawing on the best of innovation on public awareness and health promotion. Oh, my God, government, please stop using the word innovation.
1: I like that they also want their health professionals, while they've cut their funding and they'd like them to do more prep work, to also do some more training.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. they are the ones that stigmatize the most, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is this is, of insanity. course, been saying
1: it for years. It's the health and care sector that's wrecking <laughs> it for people with HIV. You know what else? Yeah, yeah. They're not the understanding ones. They're not the ones no. who have like, the most knowledge. No, no, absolutely. We got we've got not. it wrong for so many years, clearly, Sarah. <laughs> this is where we've gone wrong.
2: Oh, yes, because the health and care workforce, not the general public, Jess. We're so silly. We didn't pick up on this.
1: Well, this is it now. Case cracked. Yeah, we should oh. immediately target our local... <laughs> sexual health clinic. Yes,
2: get on the on phone the to the sexual health clinic. We need to to train them <laughs> on stigma around HIV. But only in innovative ways, Sarah. Well, we'll wear our fireman's uniforms for a start. We'll come up with other stuff too. Yeah. Okay, now I've made a note that when it comes to um, improving quality of life and addressing stigma, Lost Boys of Say has has really got this covered, hasn't he? He's on this with um, wanting a new HIV campaign to raise awareness about you equals you, which will reduce the stigma that people experience. I don't see why other people don't make that connection. Well, if you educate people that people living with HIV can't pass the virus on if they're on medication, that diminishes quite a lot of the fear and the stigma that the public feel because they now understand that that person with HIV isn't going to pass it on to them
1: but I feel like a lot of people don't got on board with that and I don't know why are they not on board with it because they, they're not even aware of it in the first place as I in if I if I wasn't aware of you equals you I wouldn't be on board with it because I wouldn't be aware of it because no one's done a campaign on it yeah I su- yeah maybe you're right that'll be our innovative campaign we're going to promote you equals you oh and they'll they'll lose their minds and be like this is probably too innovative Oh, like yeah, it's guys. too too risky for us. Too much. We can't cope. <laughs> well, that's to be honest. That's what we're doing, isn't it, for World AIDS Day? Normally, we ask people to wear ribbons, and yes, of course, we still want people to wear ribbons. But actually, what we'd really like everyone to do instead is to tell everybody about you equals you. So, everyone yes. you see, tell them about you equals you. That's what we are more interested in this year than ribbons.
2: Yeah, the ribbons are nice, aren't they? As well. But, yes. Um, like, no. I think you're right. We can
1: change this one person at a time. This is what I mean about the legwork. Get down the local shop. Tell that man while you're buying your skittles. You know, let him know you equals you, mate. Oh, you know that is. That's how we need to go on, Sarah. That's innovation.
2: I will. I'm going to tell the delivery man. It's always a delivery man at your house, isn't there? <laughs> Look, we no, no, just definitely not. <laughs> In case my husband's listening. So on the rare occasion that a delivery man turns up, they're always very friendly and I get to know them by name, but that's just because I'm a very friendly person.
1: Yeah, because you're super chatty, not because they Not are... because they are regularly at my house, no. Almost no. friends, we might call them now. They're beyond acquaintances, aren't they? They're bordering on friends. But I can strike up a friendship extremely quickly. <laughs> I love how you're justifying
2: this. (laughs) Amazing. Over the course of four seconds as they hand over the parcel and take the picture, which I insist on being in, that's it. We're friends for life. So look out if you are around the slough area for any Amazon man covered in red ribbons. That's my doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and shouting about you equals you.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As Sarah said, still wear the ribbons, of course. But what I'm saying is if it's a choice between the two this year, I'm taking you equals you.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's a really good idea.
1: So the report goes into a lot more detail about
2: how each objective will be achieved. And to be honest, we haven't got time to cover it all here. Uh, And the report's quite long and innovative is mentioned 20 trillion times. Uh, But we will attach the link, as I think we did last time. If anyone wants to look in more detail, they might be able to enlighten us about how innovative we can be. Or where all All the funding has gone that's supposed to uh, support people and improve the quality of life for those living with HIV. I mean, I would like to know. So, yeah, please do get in touch. So would I. Might be in that report and I just skim read it. I just thought I can't, I can't take this anymore. Had enough. Yes. I get the gist. Yeah. It's all fine. Um, and do you know what? I think it's easy, isn't it, to get caught up in, in the data and the figures and the objectives and the aims and forget that there is a human element to all of this you know, people, this is relating to people's lives, isn't it? Um, And why do we need, why do we need the same No, We should have that aim. But I think the important thing is that the report is quite light on case studies or actual, it's hard to link it to reality is what I'm trying to say. It's great, as we've said all the way through to have aims and objectives. It's great that we have an actual paper on this at all, because, you know, for years we didn't have anything, but people's lives are affected by this and we need, more information on how those lives are going to be changed by the government's aim to end HIV transmission by 2030.
1: Yeah, I I think that was my issue all throughout it and you've actually just sort of summed it up quite nicely there, which is your, you know, your job to do. That's what you do. Best, Sarah. Well done. Uh, But yeah, that's it. It's just very light on actual firm detail. It's got some nice sentences in there, some great goals, but you know, it's just like, oh, what's this? What do you actually mean though?
2: Yeah, and it doesn't match the reality, in my opinion, running a frontline service. Yeah, So, yeah, of course I'm on board with ending HIV transmission. But the reality is very different, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, yeah, we, we can be innovative all we want, mate. But, you know, what do I do with the 800 service users that we're already supporting that are Absolutely. being made homeless and not able to access services to help with their mental health? Yeah. So I feel there's a bit of a, a chasm between I do. frontline services and government.
1: Exactly. And in terms of like testing earlier, you know, so that we can get people on meds so that, you know, we're halting on with transmission, you equals you. You all know that. You all know it. I don't need to go through it. But in terms of that, I feel like with something like testing week, it's fantastic for raising awareness. But... I've always said this about like community awareness events as well. The people that are attending your health days mm-hmm. and your health events and the people that are engaging in, you know, awareness weeks like that are not the people that need to be targeting because they are already engaged in that. Do you know what I mean? So if you're already a bit educated, you're already engaging in these things. So it's like, are these people the people we need to be testing? You're right. And, you
2: know, we've talked about it many times that trying to target the highest risk groups involves the most amount of work. Yeah. They're not easy to find, they don't want to be found a lot of the time or they don't see themselves as being high risk. Yeah. So it is a huge challenge to overcome that and encourage them to test. Absolutely. So I think if the government is serious about wanting to reach this 2030 goal, they need to acknowledge that there are challenges that aren't even mentioned in here that we know all organisations will face,
1: not just us. Maybe they'll shock us, Sarah. Maybe they'll come out with some sort of like midway review with like updates of things that have like the challenges we faced. This is how we're moving forward. You know, all fingers and toes crossed for that. They don't, they. I I feel like
2: it's up to, you know, organisations like us to go, can we just spend a few minutes focusing on what it's actually like working in the HIV sector at the moment? Yep. because it's it seems very different to how you're seeing it over there which is fine because they don't work in the sector I feel the government's like that with lots of issues though aren't
1: they yeah look at us go it's just like the media we're like here people are probably turned off now it's just like there's another rant another Sarah and Jess rant <laughs> just banging like...
2: all about the government again <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah.
1: Do you know what we will do at some
2: point? Uh, we've got FSA's lined up for the next few weeks. But at some point we will come back and look at this again, because we mentioned in the beginning, this is not just a UK aim. This is a worldwide aim. So I think we need to look at what is happening internationally and what challenges they face. In achieving this same because we don't all start on a level playing field we've talked about this before there will be countries um where this is even more unachievable than we think it is here in the UK yeah um, and we will look at that and there are some contributing factors that when you bring them in you think yeah no we're never going to achieve this across the world yeah it will also make us real how privileged we are <laughs> <over here. laughs> when you I look at the right. challenges that other countries are facing that's why I didn't tack it on next week. No,
1: no. This has been really useful, I think, just for us to, you know, have a good rant, Sarah, because I feel a lot better now. Pathetic, isn't it? Isn't it? But it genuinely has been useful because I've never been through this document ever. So I've known about, you know, 2030, but I've never looked at the specifics of what the government have actually set out. So this has been very good. So thank you very much for that. Well, if nothing else, we've now got direction, Jess. Well, yes. And I cannot wait to move forward being innovative next week, Sarah. Don't know about you. Oh, I'm going to spend the rest of this week trying to
2: improve my innovative streak.
1: But next week, everyone, World AIDS Day, our episode, it's meant to be. It's going out on World AIDS Day. Oh, it's next
2: week. I mean, I know it's next week. I mean, sentences are like that <laughs> won't <Wait>, reassure Sean <laughs> what I'm doing, will <laughs> <laughs> Echoing what I'm saying. Is yes. it next week, Jess, that it's... Oh,
1: yeah. Wow. Just... December the 1st, Friday, December the 1st, World AIDS Day. It's the final part of our Disclosure Series. It's um, using voice notes, and I'm very excited about it. So you better That's... have a ribbon on. Okay. I'll see what I can do. <gasps> get, some on the, get some on the robe. Oh, I haven't worn the robe for ages. It's the perfect time to do it. Maybe I should get a new robe.
2: That's innovative, isn't it? A red robe. Thanks for listening to the HIV Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to
1: your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The HIV Podcast for behind the scenes insights and video. The HIV Podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive Support. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.